It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, February 10th, and you're listening to episode 402. I'm your host, Jason. That sounded real douchey and radio-y. I'm here with my co-host, <laughs> laughing, Nicole. Hey. What's up? Oh, nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah. That's not true, but yeah, things are things good. It's good to be good. here. Right. It's just... Things are good. Things are good. Episode 400 uh, is done, which is nice. Uh, we are still working on getting the game fully published, but... Uh, yeah, but Beavers Be Damned is a thing, and it's exciting. And uh, yeah, so did you see on did you see on Twitter the artwork and stuff, the box no. and stuff? What? Oh my I'm gosh! Sorry. You should look that up. I didn't tell any of y'all about it ahead of time because I used uh, um, I had some builders work with me who had been people listening from the beginning, uh, and I did not include any of the other co-hosts on purpose so that it would just be a surprise. Yeah, we designed a game, a uh, roll and write game called Beavers Be Damned. So, oh. yeah, it's cool. And uh, and then the artwork, the box art uh, on there uh, that Gray Dietrich made uh, with Corinne Roberts' art is a uh, um, a parody of the game. Uh, shoot, what is the name of that game? Uh, Castles of Burgundy, uh, the Euro, uh, except for the picture is like the the castles are replaced with beaver lodges in a river and the man is replaced with a beaver holding a stick (laughs) it's it's amazing yeah so look it up on twitter sometime you'll you'll be excited uh i will or you can go to building the game podcast uh dot com slash games or backslash i've never understood the slashes so i think it's backslash backslash games whatever you know how to type (laughs) in the browser thing so do that Type, 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 type. One time my mom sent me a message and called me and said, I can't get my email to load. And I said, well, well, well you're going to the website? She said, well, I'm typing my email in, in the bar. I don't understand. I said, are you literally typing your email, like blah, 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 at gmail.com in the browser bar? And then she was like, oh, gosh, I'm so dumb. And I was like, <laughs> so let me show you how to get there. It's going to be great. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. um. So my grandfather just turned 90. Yes. And, Congrats to him, um, grandpapa. He's a delight. And my grandmom uh, is on Facebook, which is... Yeah. Now I've heard you say like, has, oh, grandma, don't swear. It has been very funny. Um, at first, she would comment. She would leave comments and she would be like, dear Nikki, you know, and then she'd leave the comment and she'd be like, love grandma. <laughs> oh, you that's know, my like, favorite. And my friends got super into it, and they started, like, if they'd leave a meme on my wall, they'd be like, you know, NSFG, not safe for grandma. And then she would, like, <laughs> be the first one leaving a comment, like, too late, love grandma. <laughs> now she just, like, it's drops dank memes on your timeline. <laughs> she learned how to use GIFs. Nice. And emojis. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm so proud of her. That is awesome. Gifts are my favorite thing in the world. Like I use gifts all the time. I, I sent you like three gifts today in our conversation about recording. So they were very good gifts. Have you uh have you before we get into those gifts because that revolves around our topic tonight? Have you uh played anything cool of late or not cool? 
Um, I have. Um, I played the new Azul Summer Pavilion. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I also played Space Park. Space Park. Is that about a park it's in a, space? An amusement park in space? A, no, but that. Oh, is it about like parking that. cars in space? Because that sounds dumb. No. Oh, good. Okay. No. You could just tell me what it's, it's about, or I could keep making bad guesses. It's just about like, what is it about? It's <laughs> you. You have these like you have like a board, and you're trying to get the most experience points. But you get you get the experience points by collecting these gems. And you collect the gems by taking... So there, there's like three rockets on the board. And whatever action the rockets are on, you get to pick one of those three actions to take on your turn. And then after you've taken the action, you move the rocket one space. So now the next person has like two actions that you had, but also a different action. So mm. a lot of the game is just being like, no, I need the one. I need this one action. And then the person before you taking the action that you need. And you're like, I will cut you. Yeah. There was a lot of that. I gotta. And then we also... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I got to be honest, until the last part of that description, I honestly didn't believe you would have played the game. I really thought you were just making something up. And then I was like, no, she's getting pretty detailed. This sounds like a real game. So I was like, is it this? Well, a like- space park? You're like, I don't really know what, what it's about. There were rockets. And- <laughs> well, because you said an amusement park in space, and my brain immediately was like, I like that. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. <laughs> but it um, could be. Exactly, but it's a it's a keymaster game. The guy, the the company that made Parks. Oh yeah, yeah. So they they're required, I think, by their bylaws to have the word Park in any games they make. I think so. Coming soon, well, Crocodile Park. It's not about <laughs> crocodiles or parks, but there are rockets. It's gonna be great. Is the artwork really rockets, good? Rockets, rockets. Is the the artwork's amazing? Yeah, I mean, it better be like I. They can't not. They can't chance on artwork, right? I mean, like it has to be like amazing because, right. yeah. I mean, you 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 literally cannot cheap out on artwork once you've made Parks like the most beautiful game. Right. <laughs> it's so pretty. Well, I think Parks is their most recent game because we played. So we played three of their games last night. We played Space Park, we played Control, and we played Campy Creatures, and. All of those games have beautiful art. Control Park. Like it's ridiculous. Control Park. <laughs> campy, cre- campy Creature Park. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's... And, and video game-wise, I've been playing Pokemon Sword. Okay. And I've also... I also started a game called Oxenfree, which is very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one. I've actually heard of that. It's... It's like a very scary, spooky little indie game that is fun because I like being scared. Cool. I like when my games are spooky. Spooky. I video game wise, uh, we recently the kids and I beat Link's Awakening um, for Switch. Uh, obviously, well, that's I mean, amazing. It's not like we were playing it on Game Boy Advance, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if you played that or not, but it was a good time. Uh, yeah, so we, we finished that, and now we're just kind of going through. You can build dungeons in that game. Like, you can build your own Ooh. dungeons, and you get these chamber stones, which are different chambers to put in your dungeon. And so we've been doing that now. Josiah has learned how to build a dungeon on his own, and he knows what he can get through and what he can't. So he'll build it. Like, it's great. I can set him and Laurel down, and they'll just build stuff together and play through it. And uh, I can, like, 
do other stuff for a bit. So yeah. <laughs> and they also we we're still a year after beating Breath of the Wild, we are still playing Breath of the Wild. That's adorable. It, I think is I think that may be my favorite game of all time ever. Wow. Did you did you play Breath of the Wild? No, not yet. Oh, okay. I thought you did for some reason. Uh but anyways, yeah, so it is it's like here's here's the thing, Nicole. Let me tell you this. I was talking to my wife about Breath of the Wild recently. She's like, "Wow, you really dig this game." I mean, you beat it a year ago, and you're still like exploring and finding things and doing things. And I said, honestly, to me, is the perfect game, save one thing. And this is the thing that probably I'm the only person in the world would add to the game. Uh, but I really like survival games where you like get to like collect things and then like build like a ba- base and stuff. Not like like you know right. like Rust was one that I really enjoyed. You could build a house and like then everybody would come rob it, of course, which is why I stopped playing the game. <laughs> but I was right. like, I wish in the game there's a way for Link to get his own house. But you and you can kind of like decorate it, but like you can't just put it wherever you want. It's in a town. It's where it is. Um, but like the idea that like I could collect resources and then like put like links outposts around the world, that'd be real cool. So I hope for Breath of the Wild too. They add that just for me because again, no one else probably cares. But boy, would I be into maybe that. they're listening. Maybe Nintendo's listening. Nintendo, if you're listening, please do that. Even if it's DLC and costs a hundred dollars, I will still buy it. <laughs> Speaking of things that may cost a hundred dollars, that I'll still buy. Have you seen the preview for the Eric Lang Simon game? Is it Simon? No. Is it Come On? I don't know how that's pronounced. I don't know. I say Come On. Okay, Come On, whatever. So the Eric Lang is this mar- it's a new Marvel game and it sounds like Sentinels of the Multiverse, Stop. but it's Marvel. Stop. And I I think it's it, there's no way it's not going to be amazing. Sentinels of the Multiverse is a great game. I enjoyed it. There are some things about it that bothered me. Um I don't, have you, you've played Sentinels of the Multiverse, I'm guessing? I have. Yeah. Do you like the game? Um, or you don't want to answer? I That's <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I've only played it once, and I just didn't think that it was doing anything that I hadn't seen in other right. places already. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't want to say anything. I mean, it was perfectly fine. Oh, it was no. Perfectly so, fine game. Yeah, and that's, that's how I felt, too, right? It was perfectly fine. Some of my friends were super into it. The, my biggest complaint about the game was, was, like, you took, on your turn, you took an action, right? Take an action. Right. Everybody takes an action. And I just kept saying from an experience perspective, speaking last week with John Gilmore, we talked about experience design, like focusing on the experience, right? The experience right. in that game should be, I am a superhero, right? Right. And when I took my one action, I didn't feel like a superhero. I felt like an right. underpowered like goon who couldn't like do anything awesome, right? Right, so exactly. I'm... I am guessing, based on other superhero-ish games that I've played from Eric Lang, this game will make me feel very overpowered. Um, right. Which is great. Just scale everything up. It's just about making you feel overpowered, right? Because that's what's cool about being yeah. a superhero. Um, so anyways, it's Marvel. It's amazing. It's going to be on Kickstarter. I, I just told my wife ahead of time, I'm like, listen, if they have like a $200 version of this game, I'm sorry. I'm going to buy it because this is like Marvel, you know, the MCU and Marvel, like my favorite theme for anything right now. It's going to be a good game. The artwork is so adorable. It almost looks like Funko Pop like right. style. That's you know? super cute. Um, So I was like, I, I'm trying I, to find a picture of it right now. Yeah. I'm like, I will buy the most deluxe version they have and not apologize. I just oh. I can't. Right. Oh, it's really cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. So what's it called? Marvel United? Marvel United. Marvel United. So, yeah. 
Uh, everybody, check that out. Uh, I will be back in the heck out of on Kickstarter, and I want everyone else to, too, because I want all the stretch goals, whatever they are. I do not care. I'm so <laughs> jazzed about that game. <laughs> and if it's co- it's cooperative, which means I could probably play it with my kids as well. And, right, like, exactly. they'll have, yeah. like... You know, they'll have Captain Marvel. They'll have Black Widow. My daughter will be so stoked. You know, whatever they have. Hopefully they have like Spider-Gwen. That's her favorite. So oh, yeah. that would be awesome. she's also like one of my favorites because she's super cool. Anyways. She's so cool. Okay. Hey, so we talked about so We should probably talk about a topic, huh? I guess. Is okay. that cool? Our topic is fun and cool. Uh, and then if we've got time at the end, we'll do a pitch challenge. I don't know that we will. Uh, this topic could go quick. It could also take a real long time. Um, so we'll just see. We're going to we're going to just do whatever we feel like so because uh, we can yeah take that we're adults yeah, we yeah. do what we want all right so the idea is uh we both uh were fans of the show the good place uh correct that is correct right absolutely yeah okay i was like i thought we had talked about this but i don't want to say that and you're like i've never seen that show jason uh but no <laughs> anyways so we we're both fans of that that ended uh this last week or so ago and um so I watched the, I've watched the show all in the last year uh, because we, we, we heard about it. We finally sat down and watched it, fell in love almost instantly. And at least for me, there were some rocky seasons where it was funny, but it just wasn't like as good as it was in the beginning. Like the first season is yeah. one of my favorite seasons of television probably ever. It's, it's just so amazing. Good. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, But then they then they got to the end and wow, did they bring it home in like the yeah. best way. And we're not going to, so just to be clear, we're not going to spoil anything about it. Um, but when Nicole and I were talking today, uh, well, messaging back and forth, uh, trying to think about a topic, one of the things that's been kind of weighing on me a bit since finishing that was thinking about satisfying endings um, in shows, in, in movies and stuff like that. But but that got me thinking about satisfying endings in games. You know, so I, I know those two topics aren't necessarily the same, but I do think that uh, this, a satisfying close to just even a one-session board game, I'm not even talking about a legacy game, is is really important, and it's kind of pivotal, I think, in that game experience. So that's where I'm at with this. You have any thoughts on the outset of this conversation? Yeah, no, I was just looking at my games, and I was wondering, like... What, like I was just trying to figure out like what games I have that like that fit that you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like so there's there are games that I like that like once we get to the end I'm like I hate everyone. Right, right. And you know there's I hate this game myself and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that um, you know one of the things I was thinking about was like co-op games and how you know a good co-op game has you barely winning, right? Like Forbidden Island, I've had so many games of that where like we win like literally like the, it's like you're jumping to the helicopter like as it's like everything is crashing down and you're just, oh, right, wow, right. epic. Or even if you lose just so close to the end, right? It still is this really good ending where it just feels, it feels satisfying, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's I mean that's how I feel about a lot of pandemic games. Like I can't tell you how many games mm, of pandemic mm-hmm. we've gotten to where it was literally not even joking, we just needed one more action and we've replayed the oh. last turn 
from multiple to be like, well, would we lose if we did this? Would we lose if we... And it's like, no, we lose no matter what. Just by one action. Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. It's a... Yeah. It's just it's just great. It's perfect. I, I'm and I'm trying to think of like non co-op games that, that still feel good at the end. And uh one of the ones I can think of is um, you know, Catch the Moon. I've never had a game of Catch the Moon that wasn't just comical by the end. So tell me about that. Have you have you played Catch the Moon? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, so Catch the Moon is a game where uh you start it's like it's like this little base and you put some you put some like ladders on it and then you have to roll a die and depending on what the die roll says you have to either put one ladder on you you have to put one ladder on and you can either touch two ladders touch one ladder or touch two ladders and you have to be the tallest ladder so you're like laying them down on this mess of ladders and it's just mm-hmm. it just defies physics <laughs> I mean, there are so many times that a person will go to do something and inside you're screaming and you're like, that is not going to work. That is not going to work. And it works. And you're like, you have sold your soul to the devil. Like, <laughs> did you make that there's happen? There's no way that, yeah, there's no way that this was done by like, and like just by the, by the end, you're just like, you know, and if you, if you, if you try to put a ladder on and it falls, or if you try to put a ladder on any ladders fall, then you get a tear and <laughs> Uh, okay. The person with the least tears at the end is the winner. Oh, so, okay. I see. I mean, it's just, you know, oh, it's it's so good. It's so funny. It's it's a game, you know, when you play games like Codenames, you're like, oh, this is tough. Or like Decrypto, you're like, this is tough because we're with enough people to play this game, but there are whole stretches of time where we have to be quiet. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, and Catch the Moon is a game by no means should you there's no need for you to be quiet but right you'll go for like a whole like everybody's holding their breath for like a minute and a half watching somebody try to do something and it is just great That's it's just awesome. great it's great to start to finish i, right. I just love it so i think that i'm trying to, i was trying to think here ahead of time you know what is it that makes a good ending for a game and, and the thing that i kept coming back to like this is what makes a game ending satisfying. Because um, I was thinking about like, oh, like Forbidden Island, where like we just won or we just lost. And, right, um, right. Or like even like Settlers of Catan, when I used to play that a lot, um, which I haven't played it in years. My wife is actually just saying like, we should really play that sometime. Like we used to play it like literally every weekend. We played it with our two friends. Um, and we stopped eventually because uh, we don't, we just haven't hung out with them and had game nights as much. But like right. the ending of that game was usually very satisfying. And so thinking about it, um, really, I think what it comes down to is not like at the end of the game, I had a good time. I was happy. And it doesn't matter um, that I uh, that I lost. Right. Win or lose. Right. The ending was satisfying. I think that's what's right. so important. You still had a good time. Exactly. Yeah, I think we, that's, I, you know. One of the co-op... Have you played Captain is Dead? I haven't. I've heard good things about that, though. That That's an example of a co-op that's really, really stressful. Because, <laughs> like, it, you just... You spend the beginning of the game, like, trying to get... You... Like, I feel like with Pandemic, like, there are certain 
like draws where you could be like, oh, we're in trouble in this part of the board and we mm-hmm. need to get on that immediately. And then you're like on the defensive. Captain is dead always feels like you're you're like starting on the defensive and it's so hard to like climb out of that quickly. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so that's a I I'm not saying it's not fun. It's fun. But there're definitely we've had games where we were just like, "Oh my god, this is hopeless." Like <laughs> right. Like how do we how do we overcome this? Yeah. And there's a feeling where that's so stressful that it's not fun, right? It's just too much. No, I mean, you know, it's silly. I mean, of course, there, of course, there are games that are meant to be like an empathetic experience or be like a learning experience. But I think like, you know, Captain is Dead is not aiming for that. Captain is Dead is like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, this isn't supposed to be stressful. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... I find with real-time games that those are always a satisfying ending because they're over, and that makes me right. happy that they're over because I don't like yeah. them. But <laughs> I was just thinking about Avocado Smash, actually, and uh, you're like, I like that game. I I do like that game, but it is like a relief when it's over because you're like, okay, now I can stop. Every cell in my body can stop being tense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I. I think it's just because I get overwhelmed and my brain just like locks up and then I'm just like sitting there like, I don't know what to do. This isn't fun anymore. So right. yeah, I've always been bad at real time games. Um. Okay. So have you played Avocado Smash? Though? I haven't though, but you've said that it's great. Is that an oink game? No, no. it's a, uh, Oh, it's those other I people. Think the company's called Riley. Yeah. You showed this to me before. It's like a little, Yes. Yeah, I should check. Yeah, they it out. also have one called Peach Snaps, which comes in, avocado smash comes in a little avocado. Yep. Peach Snaps comes in a little peach. Smashing pumpkins comes in a little pumpkin. That is, uh, those people know how to market for what they're doing. They really do. Oh, so okay, so the last thing that I said that I felt like was coherent on my side was, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you win or lose, if 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 it's a satisfying ending, but. I still I'm curious how we get to that right like what that's a great way to know if it was a truly satisfying ending right but how do we as a designer how do we get to that point it's tough because like like I was just saying with Captain is Dead like part part of what makes it so stressful is that you 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 kind of feel hopeless so you feel like mm-hmm. you feel like you feel like you're just maximizing your turn to try to extend the game not to win the game yes that is yes whereas with pandemic it's like even though you do lose more than half the time it's like you you feel like it feels more like a puzzle that you can solve. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Every game starts with a. Um, every game starts with a. Uh, with you have a chance to win, right? Like you don't feel like right. you start with a clean slate. Is what I was going to say, right? Right. Other than like a pandemic legacy where you don't start with a clean slate, that's the whole point. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 
Well, I think that so what you're saying, what I what I heard you say there was that the hopelessness takes away from the positive experience. So that might be another way to think about this or what are things that make it make a game ending not satisfying. And my the first right. thing I thought as you were saying that was um that uh for me really the um gosh, I was trying to think of how to word this. When I feel like I'm going like not in a cooperative game, right? Uh, right because right. I haven't played a lot of co-ops where it was like that hopeless feeling but I've played a lot of games where you are so far behind early in the game where it's hopeless, right? You will never win. And right. somehow that jades your experience. And I, I think it right. depends on the type of game, right? Like if it's if it's a silly game, then I think that being so far behind is not a big deal. But when right. it's like a strategy game or something, that idea of being visibly so far behind ruins the experience to the point where the ending can't be satisfying because the game isn't satisfying, right? Right. It's also tough when you're playing a game like that and you're like, okay, I can I can visually see that I am really far behind, but there's going to be a scoring at the end. Right. And I still haven't quite mapped out whether or not I'm actually going to do well in this game. Like, mm-hmm. that always, like, throws me for a loop. Yeah, Stone Age is classic for that, where... You get to, like, the first time you play that game, you have no idea that any game scoring matters so much more than the regular scoring. Like, right. to the point where I loved playing it with new people, and they'd be like, wow, you're way behind. I thought you'd played this game before. And I was like, yeah, just wait. And they're like, okay. And then, like, I would lap them after in endgame yeah. scoring. And they're like, oh, how'd you do that? And it's like, well, like, I've played this game before. <laughs> I understand that the strategy is to do multipliers for endgame scoring and then crush your opponents. Right. But that's a game where... What works about that is I usually feel satisfied either way only because, um, you know, I'm not because I don't know if I'm winning or losing. Right. So I but the first time I played that game, though, I'm sure I thought, gosh, I'm doing really good or I'm doing really bad. Just like you said, where the end game scoring throws you for a loop. Right. Right. And I guess that there are some games like that where you really don't know what end game scoring is going to look like. And I think that that is. Yeah, that's stressful. I feel like we may not be the best two people to have this conversation because we're like, if the game's not stressful, then I might be happier with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you played? Uh, have you played uh, Gravwell? Uh, I've seen Gravwell played enough to understand how it plays, but I've never personally played it. Um, I think that's another game that has a satisfying ending. Yeah. Kind it it. I have found that game to be satisfying. Whether I win or lose, I mean, if you win, it's like euphoric because you're like, right, you're like, holy crap, I somehow pulled this off and I'm not quite sure how. (laughs) But then, even if you like get really close and you watch somebody like cross that, even when you're like, you're like, oh man, I was so, I was, I was right there, you know. I I also, um, you were talking about Stone Age. Uh, have you played Ceylon? I haven't played Ceylon. Uh, I saw an early version of it where, um, or I saw a version of it where that is cardboard and some people showed it to me and showed it what it was, you know, showed me how it worked and stuff, but I did not get to play it, unfortunately. Um, that's another game that um, you can sort of take points as you go, or you can build up for those multipliers at the end. Mm-hmm. And those are, 
you know, because one of the things that's important about it is, you know, there's four quadrants and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to like plant tea in each of the quadrants. But if you, if you have tea planted in each quadrant, it doesn't matter if you haven't gotten the um, favor of the like person who runs that area, the like, I don't want to say the like ambassador person. So it's like some people totally forget about that part and just don't ever do that. And then don't score that area. And they're like, Oh crap. I could have still like, even with one right T one T planted there, I could have gotten like four points, you know, and they're just like not even thinking about it. It's wild that that game. Definitely. There are moments where you're like, Oh, I'm not sure who's going to win this. No, so that's I think that's a good point around um yeah. I'm gosh, I just wish that there was a way to like specifically quantify, right? Like this is how you do it. Um Right, right, right. I, I one of the things that too that always makes a game not feel like a satisfying ending for me is when I feel like I did it when I had a plan and I didn't get to complete that plan, not because of something someone else did, right? But because right. of, um, because of the ge- something the game did, like right, right, I, like I, I really hate like random turn ends, like random game ends yeah. when like somebody flipped this card over. Now the game ends immediately, like that. When right. I read that in a rule book, I'm like, ah, because I want to be able to plan for the end, you know? Right, right, right. You don't want an unexpected right end where you can't, yeah, right. That's one of the things I like about um, Taverna de Tiefenthal. Uh, which oh, is, I haven't played that oh, one. It's so good. It's so good. It's a, it's a Wolfgang Warsh game. It's going to get published, I think, by North Star uh, in the U.S., but Kopak has a copy of it um, from Germany, and uh, it's so Ooh. much fun. Yeah, he's got a lot of the German games. He's rocking the Amazon.de. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the uh, it's just really, really good, and uh, one of the things about that game is it's got a set number of turns. Uh, right. And I love that about a game where I, I get that it doesn't work in every game. I wish it did because right. I would always do that, but it just doesn't. Um, so I usually in my games, like because I do a lot of card games, I'll just say when the deck runs out, everyone take right. one more turn and right. then it's over. Right. And if you are surprised by that, that's on you. Because like you right, should have been exactly, paying attention. Exactly. And if you're like me and you're obsessed about when the game ends, you're not going to be surprised by it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, speaking of German Amazon. German Amazon. I got a game called uh, Mord M. Arosa. Do you know that one? No, I've never even heard of that one. Uh, so it's this game. Um, you make You make this hotel out of these. There's like, you know, these nested squares. And you pull mm-hmm. them out and then you like flip them around and you make a you make like a like a building and each of the squares has of the cubes has a hole in the top of it that's the shape of a little plastic cube. Mm-hmm. And then um, you drop two red cubes in there and you try to listen to which f- which floor of the building they fell on. And then oh everybody my drops in everybody drops in like a certain number of their cubes. And then the first part of the game is you're trying to figure out where the dead bodies are. <laughs> and then the once you find where the dead bodies are, it's you're trying to like implicate everybody else. So you're trying, you know, you might be like, oh, the dead body was found on the fourth floor. I think, you know, 
Anthony and Jason are on the fourth floor. And then if I reveal the fourth floor and you guys are on the fourth floor, we put we put one of the extra cubes that you have on the fourth floor. And being having your cubes, it's basically like your quote unquote your they're finding your evidence on the floor right, of the body. Right. So that's like the most number of points. It is absolutely hysterical. Um it sounds I think ridiculous. It has two, it's so ridiculous. I think there's two different ending conditions. Because I was just thinking about what you said about ending conditions. One of them is if any player, I think, has 10 cubes on the board. Or if any player runs out of all their cubes. Okay. And, like, you know, you're just watching everybody else. And you're, like, counting cubes on the board. Right, and you're, like, right. when's the game? Oh, I got to clear my evidence from the floor with the body on it before mm-hmm. that person puts their 10th cube down. Yeah, it's... And, like, just trying to listen to which floor and just being like, oh, I'm confident that the fifth floor is full of cubes. And then you look and there's, like, one or none at all. Oh, gosh. And you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's it's a hilarious game. I highly recommend it. That sounds cool. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, well, a somewhat surprising end. It's not completely unexpected, right? Like you said, you can right. watch, you can see what's happening. And, I mean, really, it's no different than a game where, like, somebody suddenly says, oh, I've scored my last victory points and I'm winning the game right now, right? That's a surprise. You know, when right. there's, like, my wife and I play Splendor, right? And, like, um, it can be uh, um, when my wife and I are, uh, like, playing Splendor and, you know, it's like, oh, she needs six points to win. And then, like, boom, she scores seven points in one turn. And you're like, well, what? Like, you only played a 15. Yeah. Like, how did you just score yeah. half your points almost in one turn? Uh, but it happens so that's okay like that's the kind of unexpected thing that i think that's okay you know um i'm more concerned about i've just played some games where there's like a random end condition and you never know when it's going to happen and yeah that's just not i don't like that no no because because yeah that's i just don't like that ah make a game that just randomly ends at some point you basically start a timer uh, and then turn it face down, and then the and the timer goes off at some point, <laughs> randomly. Uh, you know, somewhere between five and forty-five minutes is how long you play the game. <laughs> it's like the, it's like that 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 I guess it's a game where you get hit in the face with the pie. Yes, yeah, pie face. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's your turn. Maybe you're gonna get hit in the face with the pie. No, maybe okay. Not. Next person's turn. Maybe they're gonna get hit in the face right. with the. Oh, oh, oh. What if every game just ended when you got hit in the face with the pie? That would be a satisfying ending if it was a good pie. I mean, yeah. I would okay, I would real. be okay with that. And if you didn't get yeah. it in the face of the pie, somebody else still would. And that would be a satisfying ending. So there's yeah. that. That's real. I do okay. feel like, yeah, that's a positive right there. That's a positive. New, new proposition. New proposition. <laughs> yeah. All games now end when someone gets hit in the face of the pie. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Let's go buy stocks in a pie company. Bye, I, I, bye, buy, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> So, so some th- stuff I think we've we've hit on here is, if if the game has an ending that's that you can kind of plan for and you can get what you're hoping for out of the game, win or lose, that will be a satisfying ending. Uh, alternatively, if the experience of the game is engaging enough, that's when it doesn't matter whether or not you've won or lost. Really, it's just the experience was enough to make it a satisfying game. Right. Um, I'm try- I was trying to think of if there was a game where I really love the experience of the game, uh, but I hate when the game ends. And the one I could come up with, which I have not played in probably 15 years, is Whoa. Munchkin. 
Oh yeah. Yep, so that's fair. Munchkin is a game where um, I consist like I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not dogging on it. Whatever. It, it, it's beloved by lots of people. I don't yep. think it's a great game. Um, but what what I always took me off about the game was it, it was the classic. Just when this game is getting fun, it's over. Right. Right. Like right. I've built my character up. They're like crazy powerful. I have all these funny things. I have a staff of napalm and all these weird things. Right. Um, yeah. But now the game ends. Like so, you know, yeah. it, it's. I guess it's it's like any engine building game because that's kind of like an engine. I mean, technically, I think you're building an engine, right? Your your character. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's like a game where you built this super fun engine, and then before you get to pull the crank on it, right. like the game's over. <clears throat> right. And there's something satisfying too about like creating that cool engine in a game. Like Splendor is a great example of that. When you create the right engine with all of your gems and such, and you're just like buying everything you want, like that is awesome. You yeah. know, it feels yeah, sure. great when you're doing it. Um, but yeah, like when it ends, you're like, oh, man, I was doing that thing. It was cool. Right, um, yeah. yeah. It's like when you're playing a roguelike video game and you're like, you know, I got the perfect combination of power ups. I'm doing so great. And then you get killed and then you yep. start. You're like, yep. I'm just going to play one more game. And then you're like. Oh right, I don't have that power up. Right. Oh, I don't have this good combo. Yep. Oh, yep. There's a um. There's a already new. Already not as fun. <laughs> right. Um. There's a new kind of shooter game that iOS has got, and I'm sure it's on Android as well. But um, there's this game called Archeros, uh, where you oh. basically go in. You're an you're just an archer, um, mm-hmm. or use some sort of thrown weapon. You walk into this dungeon. You stop some mobs, and then you go to the next level. Right. And like you earn experience, you level up, and a dungeon will have, say, 50 levels, and there'll be bosses right. every 10 levels, and you have to go through, but as you, every time you level up, you get a new ability. So you stack on all of these amazing abilities, kind of like in a roguelike game, right? Um, right. This is very arcadey, though. It's very action-oriented and running around. And when you get to the end and you you know, you know win, you keep all the stuff, you you upgrade your character permanently as well, but you lose mm-hmm. all those abilities every time, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm playing this ripoff of it right now because the the main game I'm kind of stuck on it. So like I'll just stop playing it for a while and keep collecting daily rewards until like I build up my character enough that I can go beat the next level. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a I really totally get it's that. it's like the passive aggressive way to beat a game. I love it. That's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. things about idle rewards in games. Uh, but anyways, so this other game I'm playing. I'm really into it right now and it's, it is a total clone of that except for they do a few things actually better they do a lot of things worse but they do a few things better and when I say better I just mean a better advantage to the player I guess to make it a little easier for the player right but I constantly do that thing where I'm playing I die and then I start over and I'm like oh oh why is this guy dying I shot him he should be poisoned and I'm like oh that was the last game ah <laughs> Right, right, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in that... Yeah, we play a lot of Risk of Rain, too. I don't know if you've heard of that one. What's it called? Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain? Yeah. Oh, I've no, I've never heard of that. Um, We played the first one. We both, Anthony and I both played the first one a lot. And the second one is still in early access on Steam, but it's like, I mean, we've played it like 180 hours, I think. Whoa, that's serious. I mean... He I, that's how many hours I think I have logged. He easily has twice that many hours. And what so what are you doing in that game? Um you are um 
like different like space travelers and you're basically abandoned in this hostile environment and you're you you can you're trying to find the teleporter on the level right and you can run around and you can kill monsters and you know gain money and then you can kind of go around and buy up like open up all the treasure chests which are giving you random items every single time you open them mm-hmm. and so that so that helps you get more powerful so that once you get to the boss you know because you when you activate the teleporter it's gonna be like a mini boss and then you fight him and then you go to the next level okay but the catch is enemies will spawn forever and there's a timer and that timer is telling you how difficult the game is so in the beginning you know the game is easy and then it gets to normal, and then it gets to hard, and then it gets to super hard, and then it gets to um, I. It's well, there's one just called I see you, in all caps, and then there's <laughs> one that's just ha 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 in caps forever. It just never ends. It's just that forever. Once you get to like the really really hard part, and right, it's so funny because right. like it's funny because like you like once you get there, like you're either gonna get have a really hard time or you're going to just be so damn powerful because you've been getting every single power up that like right right like, like when the when the game first came out when it was in like super early access when it first launched i mean we would play the game and we'd get so far that enemies would stop spawning because we got like we kind of like would break the game wow they're like it's, no one will play this long so right exactly it, it's super fun um and as you on as you as you like open chests and unlock things, you you unlock other characters and the other characters all have like different abilities. And like as you get items, you unlock more stuff and they've got all kinds of like weird side levels now and oh, it's so much fun. Awesome. All right. So, do we have any other thoughts about what creates a satisfying ending to a game? And I, I think so one thing I want to say before I forget this, because I know I will, it's not necessarily about it's not necessarily just about the ending. It's what creates a satisfying game experience, right? Um, and if if you've done that well and you don't, you know, biff the landing, then it'll be fine, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah, I, it, it. I feel like there isn't like a hard and fast equation, you know. Right. No, it's personal preference is probably the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that weighs into that. There are some things, right, that there's like, for instance, you were talking about feeling hopeless and how we don't like that. And other people might be like, that's my favorite thing is like starting a game where I'm like, oh, we're going to lose. There's nothing we can do. And then when we win, it's like we prevailed. Right, right. That's my jam. But you and I gave up. uh, Sorry. You and I gave up (laughs) long before that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, I'm out. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some other games that are different experiences, too. Like, have you played Two Rooms and a Boom? I have not. I've seen that one several times, but I've never actually played it. That's a game that, you know, I've played several times, and, you know, there are times when I haven't had that much fun, and then there are times when it's been, like, one of the funniest experiences of my life. Uh-huh. Like, like when, when, like, the people that you're playing with and the roles that you have and the people that like you're playing against on the other team, like just mesh together so perfectly mm-hmm. that like everything comes together and it's right. Right. Very, very satisfying. 
Yep. No, I've certainly played games like that too, where you play the game one time, and you're like, this is the best thing ever. And then the, you play it another time, you're like, this this game's not even fun. Like, what's happening here? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Why did I think this game was cool? It's not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, builders, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you've got any about this, you could... You could call us and leave a voicemail. We may or may not actually play it because I'm so bad at that that I'll probably forget. Uh, but you should do it anyways because maybe it will remind me to play your voicemails. Or you can send an email or you could tweet at us or just yell at us. I don't know, somehow. Yeah. But I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this topic. And uh, because I do think that the biggest thing we've we've kind of laid down here is that it's a lot about personal preference and, and it can be a little deceiving because I feel like you and I kind of like the same things. So in the yeah, beginning, we're like, it's this, it's this. Oh, wait, no, that's just us. Ah, Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other people have a different perspective. See, we recognize that. Some other people not so good at that. We get that. <laughs> so anything, anything out there you want to plug or talk about or anything like that? Um, I don't think so. We don't, we don't, uh, oh, we have those shirts, but they're not, um, we don't have like a, like a web store for them yet. I have to get you yours. Oh, I have to pay you for yours, for mine. I know. I so. I have to get it out of the box. I gotta it's do cool. stuff. No rush. Hey, if we wait long oh. enough, maybe you'll be at Origins and you just give it to me there. <laughs> it's not <laughs> that far awesome. away now. Only I know, months, it's crazy. So. All right. Well, yeah. So uh, hit up Nicole on Twitter if you want one of those shirts. Uh, say, I need a shirt. They're really cool looking. Anthony designed them and uh, they yes. are really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Also, Thank I, you. I, I will tell him. Uh, I'm working on some game projects, uh, some personal stuff that I'm going to put out there on Kickstarter in the not Ooh. too distant future, hopefully. Um, and uh, I need to send messages to Anthony about that because I think he's going to help me out with it. But I owe him emails, and I'm behind on everything. It's great. I like being behind on everything. It's fun. It's not. It's not anxiety-inducing, overwhelming at all. It's great. It's a satisfying <laughs> ending. <sighs> it's not. I, I love I'm you. Lied. <laughs> I try. Okay. All right. I'm gonna do the end of the stuff. Okay. Is that cool? Okay. I'm do the end. All right. Yeah. So, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call us at seven seven zero tell BTG. Find us on Twitter at podcast BTG. I am at J A Slingerland, and Nicole is at Toits T O I T S. All that stuff, or go to Facebook. Find us there. Do whatever. Find us somewhere. Send us a message. Send a raven, as Thor would say. It'll be great. And um, so tonight, in honor of the show that, uh, that created the topic for us tonight and the thankfulness that we have for that, instead of saying goodnight, tonight I will say, take it sleazy. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.